All right, wall fans, common sensors, social media world podcast consumers, welcome to episode 68 of Go Tell to Wall podcast. I am your host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. Got a lot of great stuff for you tonight. That's right. Lots of common sense. Lots of good stories. Going to keep it as light as possible for this particular episode. I say that quite a bit and it doesn't always work, but that's okay. We're going to try. We're, we're going we're gonna to give it the old college try, like some people like to say. Uh, so stick around. Let's have some fun. If you're only listening to audio, you, you know, we have this cool little pause button. And uh, hopefully you're not already pausing. <laughs> but enjoy the episode. Let's get right into it with the opening social plugs. You can follow Go Tell to the Wall between episodes, between videos, between everything else, the craziness that we do on multiple platforms. One of them would be Twitter. That's right, at Tell the Wall Pod. In fact, we have it up on the wall right now. For those of you watching on the video, it's literally on the wall. That's right, no pun intended with the wall there. Uh, but at Tell the Wall Pod, follow us there. You can also follow my own personal Twitter account, at Magic Muppet. That's right, at Magic Muppet. Follow both of those. Give us a follow. Give us some retweets. Tweet at us. Do the things. What do the, what do the kids say? Uh, don't, don't at us. You can at us. I think that's what the kids say these days. I don't know. I'm not up on all the lingo, especially when it comes to social platforms. Uh, but again, at Tell the Wall Pod and at Magic Muppet. You can also follow us on Facebook. Still, Facebook still exists. I know it's amazing that it still exists. Uh, but follow us there, like our page, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. Uh, of course, our YouTube channel. YouTube. That's right, YouTube channel. Make sure you head on over there, subscribe, like some videos, enjoy those interstitials, check out our videos, do all of the things, comment, tell us how bad they are. That tends to be where we get the the negative comments there and, and via email through the website. Uh, and speaking of website, inclusive of all those things I just mentioned and more, that's right, and more, would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. Head on over to SeanO'RourkeLive.com. Bookmark that website. Uh, check back for updates. You're gonna have you're gonna have links to all those things I just mentioned, as well as additional photos, uh, some blog posts, additional videos, just all kinds of awesome stuff. So head on over there to SeanOrourkeLive.com. Make sure you bookmark it. Check back often because we have new content going up there. I don't want to say daily. I don't want to create expectations here, but there is new stuff going up there often, and that's why you should check back there often, 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 often. I don't know. I feel like I said it two different ways already in this episode. Uh, anyway, another thing I want to mention outside of just the social plugs is we do have our Patreon page, which you can access through SeanOrkLive.com. And you, you can go to Patreon. You can become a patron. We have some cool perks up there. Uh, perks are actually being updated like as we speak. So new stuff's going to be coming uh, as, as far as perks go. You know, you can get something as little as a sticker, all the way up to sitting in the studio, like, right next to me for an episode. Literally. Literally. Uh, and, of course, our Indiegogo campaign is still going strong if you want to support us financially there as well. Uh, and just to, to clarify, the Indiegogo campaign really goes toward, uh, con like, directly toward content and toward the studio itself. That's why when we ran the Indiegogo campaign, we we 
had a perk where you get your name on the studio wall. Uh, that is actually up now. The problem is with Facebook Live, it's, it's all backwards. It's a whole thing. Uh, but that's what you're, you're doing with Indiegogo and with Patreon. You're really just becoming a patron of the show. And additionally, that stuff's going toward content. Uh, not so much physical studio stuff, uh, but it is going toward content and, and helping us to continue moving the podcast along. So please, please, please check us out there. Give us a dollar, give us $2, give us $100, whatever you think is appropriate. Every little bit helps. So hit us up there, Patreon, Indiegogo, both in there. Uh, for those of you on the live stream, our on-air producer Bridget has shared uh, the, uh, the the Patreon link as well. Or not, oh, that is the Patreon, that's the Patreon link. Uh, and I'm sure she'll throw up the Indiegogo camp, the Indiegogo campaign link as well. Uh, but the Patreon is definitely one way to go, as well as the Indiegogo. So help us out, keep us moving, help us grow, all the good things. Uh, beer this week, beer this week. That's right, we got another awesome, tasty, small craft brew beer here. Uh, it's another one from Argus Brewery out of Chicago. We actually, I had them on a couple episodes ago. Another tasty brew of theirs. This one in particular is the Golden Prairie Ale. Uh, and apparently, this is the first brew they put together, this Argus Brewing in Chicago, which is real well known for their small batch brewing. Uh, I've talked about this previously, uh, but a little more background. And this one, like I said, is their, their very first beer they'd put together back in like 1991. They've been around for quite a while. And it actually, weirdly, is also an alt beer. Alt beer. It's been a while. We had one of these on, like, probably like a year ago on the podcast. I am not a big fan of alt beers. Well, in general, not a big fan. Wasn't a big fan of the one we had. I can't even remember what it was. I think it was a Sierra Nevada or Nor North Coast Brewing has a uh, an alt beer. This one, however, I am a fan of the Golden Prairie Ale. It's tasty despite being an alt beer. Uh, I would recommend it if you enjoy ales. This was, this was not one that I handed to my wife and made her try because I already knew she was not going to like it. But that's okay if you're, an, if you're an ale fan. Not IPA, but ale fan. This is one of those alt beers are like the aged ales. It's interesting taste. It's tasty. I'm enjoying it. Would recommend it, uh, especially if you're in the Chicago area. I think it's going to be a little more difficult to find this outside of the Chicago area simply because it's a Chicago microbrew. It's kind of like trying, you know, trying to find... Uh, uh, e uh, Eagle Rock Brewery or Highland Park Brewery. Like, you're probably not going to find a lot of that in the Midwest. It's just the way distribution works. Uh, but I would recommend it. I'm enjoying it. It's tasty. Mm. So check them out. Argus Brewing. Argus Argus Brewery. It's, a, it's, it's funny. Every brewery in the country, it's either brewing or brewery. And it's like, can we, can we just agree, like, with all your titles? It's fine. Have a funky title. Argus. Stone. Whatever it is. You know, Highland Park. But let's let's settle on either brewery or brewing. I think that's the way we need to go, <laughs> as far as that goes. Because I can't keep track of which one's which, and I always feel bad that I'm uh, that I'm saying it the wrong way. And I got I'm gonna go ahead and put my stylus like up over here. I tend to throw my pen for those of you that are new to the podcast. I, I tend to throw it when thing when I get a little fired up, when we get a little ranty, and I do not want to throw the very expensive uh, Surface stylus. <laughs> it's a little more expensive to replace that compared to my my little Sharpie. Green Sharpie pen here. Uh, anyway, one more thing I want to mention before we really get into the meat of the episode. That's right. We, we're not even into the meat, but I do want to mention this. And I've kind of mentioned this before. I actually posted about it the other day if you follow us on social platforms. Uh, and that would be the, the sharing of hate on social platforms. 
We've talked about Alex Jones. We've talked about, I talk about Tammy all the time. That's Tommy Lauren, Tommy Laren. I call her Tammy. She doesn't deserve to have her name pronounced correctly. I don't care. Uh, you know, we've talked about them and, and the hatred and the bigotry and, and the ridiculousness that they tend to spread on social platforms, on YouTube, really all over the place. And what's, what happens a lot of times is people that don't agree with those views, don't agree with what they're doing, uh, end up sharing it anyway. And a lot of times they're sharing it and saying, look at how dumb this person is. You know, and that was happening with, with Tammy recently because she was in Los Angeles and she did all these ranty videos about, I don't know, how liberals are terrible and all. I, I don't even want, that's the thing, I don't even watch her videos because I know it's terrible. But people that completely disagree with her or with Alex Jones will go out and share these videos. They'll share these views. And yes, they'll say, this is dumb, this is whatever, I completely disagree with this, and they'll say it in much less nice terms than what I'm using right now. But they're still sharing it. You're still putting it out there into the world. When it comes down to brass tacks, Tammy, Alex Jones, other people like that are looking at this. They're going to their sponsors, the people that pay them money to do these things, and they're saying, look, our numbers are fantastic. So really by sharing and making other people that you know view those things, you're actually helping them. There's an old saying, and it's 100% true. And I'd known this from when I was a kid, and I got into film school and, and learned even more about it. There is no such thing as bad publicity. Now, there is a caveat to that because you can go too far. We, we see the Me Too movement, you know, obviously that's bad publicity. Bill Cosby is not in a good way right now, and understandably so, because of what he's done. However, when it comes to like these Alex Jones and these Tammies and stuff, they have a following. You're giving them more views so that they can then continue putting out this kind of content. Really, the best way to deal with people like that is to ignore them. Ignore them. Don't continue sharing that. Don't spread that hate. There's so many people out there that follow the Orange Menace on Twitter, and it's like, you hate the guy. Why are you following him on Twitter? Yeah, he says dumb stuff, but we don't need everyone out there running around with his dumb stuff. Let's focus on the important stuff. Let's focus on the real issues as opposed to him, what he had for dinner. We all know. It was a Big Mac. And Diet Coke. You know, it's getting very frustrating. So uh, I I, I just want to put that out there. I want to put it at the top of the show. It is absolute clickbait, as Bridget is pointing out. And and it we, just, we have to do better. Everyone has to do better as far as this goes because we're, we're capable of doing better. Now, if you follow Alex Jones and you follow Tammy and all that, that's fine. And you enjoy it, then that's fine. I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking to people that hate them, and then but then spread it. And give them views and help them have more traction within the industry. And here's the most important thing to remember, wall fans, common censors, podcast consumers. We all know that Alex Jones is a complete idiot. We all know that. However, do you really think that he believes all of the hatred that he spews? No. No, no, no. He doesn't. He's not that dumb. He's dumb, but he's not that dumb. He knows what he's doing. And so does Tammy and all these other people. They know exactly what they're doing. They're creating clickbait. They're getting their base riled up. They're getting the, the opposing base riled up. And that's the whole point of it. So just ignore them. Ignore them, wall fans. Use that common sense. Ignore. 
Let's get into some social trends right now. Uh, I put this one at the top of social trends because I wanted to keep social trends light this week. However, there is a trend, a hashtag going around right now, and that would be hashtag me queer. Hashtag me queer. This is similar to uh, what we were talking about last. I can't remember the exact thing, but hashtag uh, LGBTQ privilege. I believe that's what it was. Uh, this one is a deeper dive into it. Someone created this to, to tell their own story. And the majority of it is coming out stories. Uh, and a lot of it just everyday stories about what people that are queer, LGBTQ, uh, deal with on a daily basis. And like I said, they're coming out stories and abuse. And abuse. So I would encourage you to check this one out. I'm not going to go through a bunch of them. I do, I'm do. i going to point one out to you in just a moment. Uh, but I'm not going to get into it. It's just this is important. This is the kind of thing that should be spread instead of spreading Tammy and Alex Jones and bigoted, hateful people. And not because it's funny. We all love spreading funny stuff. I share plenty of funny things, you know. But because it's important. Because it's important to understand. To have a view into what people have to deal with on a daily basis. And that would be hashtag me queer. And this one I just want to share with you. I'm not even going to go through the entire post. Uh, but hashtag me queer. Being beaten so hard that your nose bleeds like hell for just coming out as trans to your dad. Just coming out as trans to your dad. Now, I can't really relate to this. You know? It makes me sad. I can't really relate to this. Uh, but it's mind-blowing. And it's unfortunate that people have, have had to deal with this and still continue to have to deal with this. And I know we're moving forward as a society, and especially if you're in, like, Southern California. You know, if, if, you're, if you're on the opposite end of that, you're probably going to get more grief than if those that are supporting LGBTQ. But... There's a lot of other places in this country and in this world where that does not happen. Does not happen. Uh, all right. Let's move along. Moving along. We got some funny ones this week. Hashtag we go together. Oh, hashtag we go together like. I'm almost messed up the hashtag there. What would that be? Uh, hashtag we go together like. <laughs> and you can figure out where this one's going. There's a lot of funny ones. There's a lot of kind of misses, uh, but I'm going to share a couple with you. Hashtag we go together like a panic attack and Xanax. Yes, I understand that one completely. Uh, hashtag we go together like oil and water, and that would be the difference. Would be we have people that are talking about like genuine we go together in a good way, and then like oil and water. And of course you can tell, you know, you just know where this one's going as far as the different sides of it, uh, but check that one out. Hashtag we go together. Uh, well, here's here's one more I want to share with you. Hashtag we go together like rainy days and movies. That's right. So as I, I was enjoying that one. There's actually a bunch on here I don't understand. We go together like grilled cheese and homemade tomato soup. Mm. That one's, uh, oh, I love me some grilled cheese, and I'm uh, not getting my grilled cheese next week that I usually would be getting while at the burn. Uh, but I'm trying not to think about that because, you know, that's how it is. And I'm sure I'm sure Bridget is doing the same thing, not trying to think about the fact that uh, a lot of people are heading out there to the burn, and we are not, unfortunately. Uh, another hashtag, I absolutely love this one, and I'm trying to find the funny ones. Uh, hashtag math I can understand. <laughs> uh, 
And I, I lost the one I was going to uh, I was going to share with you, but I want to share this one anyway. Hashtag math I can understand. I have one cookie. You eat my cookie. How many cookies do I have? A dozen, because your ass is buying me more, or I'll cut you. Uh, yeah, I kind of have. I I don't like to cut people, but I kind of have that feeling when it comes to sweets. You know, even my wife knows. Like, I have no problem sharing, but that's what happens a lot of times in my house. Is like, can I have one of? The, no, there's there's a box of them in the kitchen. Or going out to eat, and you're going to get french fries? No, no, I'm not going to get Are you sure? No, no, I don't want french fries. And, you know, food comes, and somebody's eating your french fries. and you're. But you had the opportunity to get french fries. It's not that I don't want to share. So same thing with cookies, I guess. But check that one out. That one's funny. Math I can understand. Uh, I was never really great in math, <laughs> personally. It's probably why I went to film school. I don't take a lot of math in film school. You take other things. Uh, yeah. Uh Another hashtag floating around on the social platforms. Hashtag, I have a hard time accepting. And you know where this one went. Hashtag, I have a hard time accepting a felon running the country. Yeah, you can figure out where all of those are going. I have a hard time accepting a lot of things, and I can definitely relate as far as a felon running the country. Okay, uh, last one for the social trends floating around right now that I found enjoyable. That's right, this is my podcast. It's me talking to a wall. So there's all kinds of other trends that I didn't find enjoyable that I'm not talking about. But I did enjoy this one. Hashtag silly reasons to be upset. That's right. Hashtag silly reasons to be upset. Uh, <laughs> one of these that I enjoyed. Hashtag silly reasons to be upset. All the lyrics in the song, isn't it ironic? That's right. I learned recently, and just, these are things that I never gave thought to, but I know Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill, super popular in the 90s, Uh, apparently, and I didn't go back and listen to the song, but apparently nothing that she talks about being ironic in the song, nothing is actually ironic, so yeah, silly reasons to be upset, and that one's maybe not that silly of a reason, another one, hashtag silly reasons to be upset, you have to restart the song because you missed your favorite part, I can relate to that to an extent. Uh, And I found this one extra amusing and also extra personal because of the fact that as all of you out there, and this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, as all of you out there know, I suffer from mental illness, specifically OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and OAD, obsessive anxiety disorder. Uh, So hashtag silly reasons to be upset is pretty much my daily life. That is pretty much my daily life. On a daily basis, I get upset about things that I probably shouldn't be upset about. I just probably shouldn't be upset about. I talked recently, I think the last podcast was one before, about how I was stressed about not putting up my Christmas tree in December, but taking down my Christmas tree in January. And it's August. Silly Hashtag silly things to be upset about. Uh, Silly reasons to be upset. It's basically my life in a nutshell, where I, every five minutes or so, I am upset for a ridiculous reason. And not upset like throwing things necessarily, but just upset, stressed out, whatever it might be. It's just what happens. That's, that's just the life of dealing with OCD. It, that's, that's that's what you deal with. That is the life. I, I would say it's the life I've chosen, but clearly it is not the life I've chosen. Nobody chooses this. It's not a choice. That's absolutely the worst thing you can say to anybody, anybody dealing with mental illness. If you weren't aware of that, now you are. And make sure if you do have a friend or family or anything, that is not something to say to them. You're choosing to. No, 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 my friend. You are not. All right, let's move on to some TV film books. Let me get a little more of my Golden Prairie Ale here. 
I feel like we're all over the place this week. I don't know why. I'm not overly tired. I, I just I feel like we're all over the place. I think content is just kind of sparse right now. But I do have a, some exciting news, especially if you're a big fan of the show like I am. Uh, Mr. Robot. So I've actually got two pieces of news from Mr. Robot, and I'm skipping ahead of all this stuff. Got to get through here. Uh, but let me get to Mr. Robot real quick, and then I'll backtrack a little bit here. Not that it's even backtracking. Here. I could have said nothing. And none of you would have known that I was skipping over things and going back to them. That's amazing how that works. But I just, I, I yeah, tangented, tangented. Uh, so, Mr. Robot, I talked about an interview uh, that Christian Slater did with one of the news outs, outlets, uh, you know, television news outlets. And he had said that this would most likely be the last season of Mr. Robot. He felt that it was going to be wrapped up. Sam Eshmael was going to wrap it up this season. It would be the last season of Mr. Robot, uh, which, of course, you don't want to hear that because I would watch 30 seasons of Mr. Robot as long as they're still putting out great episodes and great content. Uh, but you can't fault, fault anyone, producers, showrunners, writers, uh, for knowing when to end a show. Now, since then, Rami Malek did an interview and specifically said that he doesn't see how the show could be done by the end of season four. Now, who knows? They, uh, Christian Slater and Rami Malek are actually both producers on it. Uh, Christian Slater, from the beginning, he's it's not I don't want, not one of the show creators, uh, but hooked up with Sam Eshmael from the beginning to, to really get the show off the ground. And, of course, Rami Malek is also a producer. He's the star of the show, uh, and, and he's, he's fantastic on the show. He plays an incredible character, Elliot, on there, and, and really you can see some acting chops if you're watching Mr. Robot, and that's probably going to translate into Bohemian Rhapsody that's coming out soon. Uh, so you don't know who to trust. However, and that's not a trust thing. It's just really they're both kind of going on their opinion because it comes down to Sam Eshmael, who's the creator of the show. It comes down to what he's going to do. However... Uh, Rami Malek pointed out that he doesn't see how the show could be wrapped up with all of the content that they have to get through, all of the plot lines they have to get through. He doesn't see how it could be wrapped up uh, at the end of season four. So I'm kind of going off of that just based on the fact that it seems like there's a lot out there. They opened a lot of doors, especially at the end of season three. Uh, so I, I think it's going to continue going. And I'll tell you right now, if you're not a fan of the show, you haven't watched the show, uh, as long as The Orange Menace is in office, th th it's going to continue because they have only begun to uncover part of kind of where they're going with the plot line, and I could see it just just going much further beyond season four, uh, as long as they still have the following and they're able to put out good scripts and great shows and everything else, great episodes. Another piece of news from Mr. Robot uh, that I'm pretty excited about is there is a prequel comic being released soon. Prequel comic, uh, and it's done, I'm not up on the comic books uh, but it's being done by Black Mask Studios, which apparently they, they make comic books. And not that I have a problem with comics, I just I don't know much about comics, especially these days. Uh, when I was a kid, I collected quite a few comics. I've actually got some sitting behind me on the shelf here, but those those comics are 30 years old that are sitting behind me. I haven't touched a comic in, in years, uh, Just and not because not I dislike them. It's just I never really got back into them or got into them or whatever. However, I will be checking out these uh, these prequel comics from Black Mask Studios. Going to be coming out soon, and as soon as they come out, you know I'm going to get them, and we'll talk about them on the podcast. So keep an eye out for those as well, especially if you're a big Mr. Robot fan. I mean, I will I just any kind of Mr. Robot content, it's like, give it to me. Give me the Mr. Robot content. By far my favorite show on television right now. 
yeah, so looking forward to many more seasons of that. We'll see what happens. All conjecture at this point. That's a big word for <laughs> conjecture. Pretend it's a big word. Like, like I just try to make myself sound smart. And I sometimes make up words. That one was not made up, however. If you're not aware of that word, uh, check it out. Google it. Do, do you know, ask Google or Siri or what's the other one? Alexa? Ask Alexa. Am I setting off Alexas right now? I don't know anything about the, the whole Amazon <laughs> smart speaker stuff. Alexa, subscribe to Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. Ooh. Oh. Siri, subscribe to Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. I hope that, well, and the thing is, people that are listening, if you're listening to this, you're probably already subscribed. <laughs> I'm not going to do the Google one, because then all my stuff's going to start going crazy, because we're an Android household here, but I can say the other things, because nothing's going crazy. I don't have any Siri in the household, I don't have any of the Echo, or Alexa, whatever the heck that stuff is called. It is, you do say Alexa, now I'm remembering. All right, uh, more TV film books, Deadpool 2! Oh my gosh, I left it in the other room. Deadpool 2 is out this week, just came out this past Tuesday. That's right. That is why I'm wearing my awesome Deadpool Vitruvian Man shirt tonight in celebration of the release of Deadpool 2 on DVD, Blu-ray, and digital. Can you tell that I worked for some studios for a while? On DVD, Blu-ray, and digital. I think now it's Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. And actually, they might have just dropped DVD. It's been, it's been a couple years. It's been a couple years since I actually had to answer to somebody uh, outside of subscribers and patrons. <laughs> you know. Anyway, that just came out this week. And I would say... Definitely, if you're a Deadpool fan looking to get pick up a copy of Deadpool 2, get the physical copy because they've done a great job, and it's going to come with the digital version. So you're like, you're going to be fine. You're going to have it digitally. You're all fine. Uh, but they've done some exclusives. Target specifically has an exclusive. We talked about the not children's book that came with it, and also I've seen an awesome, awesome exclusive. Not like in person, uh, but I've seen the ads for the awesome exclusive from Best Buy, fantastic packaging, and uh, I'm not a huge DVD Blu-ray collector myself, however, there's some movies out there that I do get, and Deadpool is one of them, uh, that I just tend to get right away, and thankfully my wife, who's on top of things, pre-ordered it uh, a couple weeks ago through Target, and it arrived right at my house on Tuesday, which was funny, because I looked outside, I was like, there's a package, and, and you know, by my front door, and I'm like... What what is this? What did my way? And I went, oh my gosh, it's Deadpool two. I opened it up. Sure enough, it's Deadpool two. Haven't gotten around to rewatching it since seeing it in the theater. But if I like I said, I would recommend if you are going to pick up a copy, pick up one of those nice fancy collector's editions. It's going to probably going to cost you a couple bucks more. Get it this week. For those of you that aren't aren't aware, DVDs, Blu-rays, like that kind of media, when it comes out, it's always on sale that week. It's on sale. It's going to be more expensive next week or two weeks from now. Always on sale. So opening week, if you're going to get it, that's the time to get it. And pick up one of those exclusives from Best Buy or Target or elsewhere. There's some others as well, I'm sure. It's just those are the ones I am well aware of. Uh, also, Happy Time Murders. Speaking of films, raunchy films, as a matter of fact. Happy Time Murders in theaters tonight. Tonight. I don't know how early they're going with screenings. It might be midnight at the earliest, but they are in theaters tonight and completely wide tomorrow, Friday, the Friday, August 24th. Make sure you head on out. See Happy Time Murders. I'm super excited about seeing this one. I'm going to try to see it this weekend. It's going to all depend on childcare because that is definitely not a movie to bring your children to. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'll be seeing it, if not this weekend, by next weekend at the absolute latest, and I'll come back. With, uh, with my review for all the Wall fans, Common Sensors, and, and whatnot, and hopefully Henson fans as well, everyone should be a Henson fan. Everyone. What's not to love about Henson? 
You know, the Jim Henson Company, Brian Henson, fan, doing fantastic work, Happy Time Murders, loving it. Uh, all right. Glow. Glow. Have you guys heard of Glow? Heard of this little show called Glow? It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Uh, they wrapped season two. It's on Netflix. They now have two full seasons uh, on Netflix. I actually haven't finished season two myself, I think. we got My wife and I have three or four episodes left. But we did get some news via The Hollywood Reporter uh, this week. Glow was renewed for season three. Season three of Glow will be coming out, I'm sure, sometime next year. At le- probably at least a year from now. Uh, and I will tell you, if you're not familiar with the show, it's a fantastic show. I thoroughly enjoy it. And weirdly... I don't mean weirdly, like, that's so weird. Just weirdly, I've been enjoying season two more than season one. I think they've really focused on Mark Maron's character more than some of the other characters. And not to take away from the other characters, it's just Mark Maron plays a fantastic character on the show. I think I've said it previously. I I don't know how he makes people love him and hate him literally at the same time. You're sitting there like, man, I hate call. I I don't know how I feel about this Mark Maron character. Not Mark Maron himself, but the character he plays on the show. Fantastic perform. I mean, fantastic performances from everyone on the show. Uh, but I, I bring that up because specifically season two, compared to season one, Mark Mar- is just like he's on another level as as far as his acting and the character he's playing. So check it out if you're not familiar with Glow. Uh, you know you've got Netflix anyway. At least give him a chance. Just give him a chance. You know, give him a chance. All right, some parenting. I want to get serious for a second. Not that serious. Why do, why do I always set things up like that? I'm going to get serious first. We're never really that serious. We just get a little ranty at times. We're either ranting or we're getting do, going on tangents, much like we are right now. Uh, but I want to talk somewhat serious story as far as parenting goes. That's right. We're continuing with the parenting section. And this was a little story uh, out of Michigan. Waterford, Michigan. Not sure where exactly in Michigan that is, like in relation to the big cities. Uh, but there's a story that came out recently, just this week. Uh, and woman named Lacey, I'm not going to give her last name, Lacey, had shared her story on Facebook. And what had happened was she had arrived at her grandmother's house with her two-month-old in the car. Or, I'm sorry, she might have been leaving. Nonetheless, she had her two-year-old in the car. Or two-month-old, I'm sorry. Two-month-old. That's very important in the story. She had her two-month-old in the car, uh, went to put the two-month-old in the seat. So she must have been leaving. Put a two-month-old in the car seat closed the door, and went to go around to the driver's side. And as she's walking to the driver's side, she hears the the fob, like, click, the key fob, you know, go beep, beep, and the doors lock. And she realizes as that happens that her keys are in the diaper bag that she had just put into the car. Now, of course, it's very warm out. This happened just recently. It's very, very warm out. So, of course, what she does is she calls 911 because her two-month-old is in the car. And, of course, shortly after she's locked in, her two-month-old starts to freak out. Understandably so. She calls 911. And the 911 operator says to her, We don't send out emergency services for keys locked in a car. You're going to need to call a towing company. Now, her grandmother's actually on the phone with 911 trying to get emergency services out there. And the woman, this Lacey, who has her two-month-old locked in the car is frantically trying to get emergency services out there to help her. Well, eventually, the grandmother has to hang up with 911 because they are no help whatsoever. And as this is happening, she's watching her daughter, and her daughter, who is freaking out and crying, 
then starts to close her eyes and slump down a little bit in the seat. Now, she doesn't know if her two-month-old is falling asleep or literally dying in front of her. Think about that. I don't want to be harsh wall fans, but literally dying in front of her. And 911 was zero help. So her grandmother calls a towing company. The towing company is on their way out, and she takes matters into her own hands and actually has to break the window, the back window, climb in, tries to unlock the car with the key fob, can't do it, has to do it manually, and then pulls her two-month-old out. And, of course, takes her straight to the hospital. I bring this up because this is something that could happen to anybody. This can happen to anybody. In fact, this is one of my biggest, biggest, biggest fears. I am a freak about it when my daughter is in the car. Uh, I I literally will check doors to make sure they're unlocked if I'm putting her in. Uh, I immediately, I tend to immediately roll down windows. Like, let's say I have to start my car uh, before I put my daughter in because it's real warm or whatever, or cold. I, I immediately windows go down so that I know. But I say that, but this could happen to anybody. And talk about how scary that is. Talk about how scary that is, especially a two month old who can't really communicate, just can't communicate. And we hear this all the time, stories of parents leaving their kids in the car accidentally, you know, or not accidentally, depending what the story is. We hear about it all the time, and it tends to be big national news. And then we hear about dogs being locked in cars and how people break windows and police will come out for dogs in cars. Emergency services come out for dogs in cars. Am I faulting the police? No. Am I faulting the 911 operator that day? Fuck yes. That one's on you. That one is on that 911 operator. And as it turns out, after she got her daughter out of the car, her two-month-old out of the car, 12 minutes after that, the towing company showed up to get into her car for her. 12 minutes. That kid would have been dead. The kid would have died. Would have passed away. Because a 911 operator is a fucking moron. Can you imagine? If that was... I'm going to tell you right now, wall fans, common sensors, if that was me... I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating. If that was me, a 911 operator would be dead. Dead. If if something happened to my kid because a 911 operator is ignorant, yeah. Somebody's dying. And it ain't going to be me. Although I would after that. I, you know, that's fine. But really, that ignorance? Come on. What is 911 there for? Emergency services. What's more of an emergency than a child that could potentially be passing away right in front of her, their parent, right in front of them? There's no excuse for that. No excuse whatsoever. And I can't even imagine if I was in that situation. I just, I can't. I can't. At all. Thank God she was able to get the window broken. That's all I can say. Thank God. Uh, One other thing I want to talk about as far as parenting. This one's just personal. I'm learning more and more. And I know Bridget uh, can can relate to this. She's got two, two young children at home. And has really gone through all the rigmarole. Uh, as far as toddlers go, because she, now she's on her second toddler now, and uh, her, her oldest child is not, not a toddler anymore. Still very young, not a toddler anymore. Uh, and that would be what I'm learning recently, and just kind of the hard way. The most important thing when it comes to a toddler really is patience. It's just absolutely patience. And I talked about that on one of the other parenting segments where it's all about they can't communicate, so they get frustrated, and it turns into fussing you know, or, or just freaking out, whatever it might be, because they can't communicate. And when it comes to parenting, I have found, and I think this is pretty well known, but for those of you that aren't parents out there, the most important thing really is patience. 
with a toddler. And I have to stop myself constantly. I had to do it today. Just stop myself from being frustrated. Because it's not their fault. You know, your toddler might pick up their plate and throw it against the wall. And you got to just patience, patience. In fact, I read the same book 10 times in a row today. 10 times. I'm not even exaggerating. I counted. And in fact, that book, we read it eight times in a row yesterday. Patience. Patience, I'm finding, is the most important thing when it comes to a toddler. Really, any any child, but especially a toddler. Because you're going to deal with these tantrums. These things are going to happen. But patience is what's going to help you get through it. And that's a big challenge for me, to be honest. It is an absolute big challenge for me. Uh, I have a, uh, I have a very short fuse. Like I said, uh, you know, uh, whatever that hashtag was, you know, silly things to be upset about that. That's my life. So it's, it's extra challenging for me personally, but I know it's challenging for anyone out there because if you see, if you see a two-year-old, you know, throw something across the room and make a huge mess that you want to yell at them, but they don't know any better. They're, they're learning themselves. And really, I think with your, especially with your first kid, I think it's just you're both learning at the same time. That's what you're doing. You're both learning at the same time. <laughs> God forbid you got twins. All three of you learn at the same time. Oh, I can't imagine. I, th- I mean, it's fantastic. I think twin, like that's, but I just, I can't imagine having two like the exact same. I just, oh gosh, I can't. I don't know what I would do with two of them the exact same age, uh, running around, <laughs> throwing hissy fits and. And, and fussing and tantrums and all. Oh, man. I just, I, it's, it's, I, I can't, even, can't even fathom it. I can't even fathom, too, like how Bridget has with a bit of a difference between them. You know, you, you can kind of wrangle them to an extent, let alone twins. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, let's get into some tech. Oh, I know. I feel like it's, we're just kind of all over the place tonight. And I'm okay with that. Hope all of you are, too. And if you're not, remember, next week we probably won't be all over the place. I'll be kind of keyed at who knows. You never know what you're going to get with Go Tell It to the Wall. You know you are going to get some common sense and you're going to get me ranting at a wall. But there could be all kinds of other craziness happening. Especially with new content that's coming. We hit our Indiegogo goal and there's new content coming. It's just a matter of getting it out there. That's right. New formats, new content, all the good stuff. Uh, Some tech. Tech, tech, tech. Scooters back in the news, you know, those Bird scooters, and I think there's a couple other companies, but Bird uh, happens to be one of the big ones here in Southern California, and I really all of California, I believe the Bird scooters are uh, kind of the ones that took over San Francisco to an extent, the Bay Area. Uh, well, apparently here in Los Angeles, uh, the city of Los Angeles is sending cease and desist letters to all of the scooter companies that have been operating in the Los Angeles area. Yep. So we've kind of we kind of knew this was coming, and I think these scooter companies got way ahead of themselves, not knowing what I'm not, I don't want to say they didn't know what they were doing, but really, like they were not prepared for the madness that this was going to create. And it makes sense. It really does. I mean, I've said before the scooters are great. It's going to get people around. Uh, my brother-in-law ha- has ridden them. They they have a bunch not far from where he lives. I I've seen one around my neighborhood here in Highland Park. Just one, but I'm sure they're around. Uh, and, and they seem the concept seems great. But really, the execution is, is where they're lacking. These scooters are being left everywhere. They're being left in the middle of sidewalks. People are zooming down the middle of the street, like out in the middle of busy streets. No helmets, no anything, all this other stuff. So clearly, 
clearly there's a lot of stuff for them to work through and we knew this was coming and uh like i said it i i just i think the companies were not prepared for how this was going to all shake out when the scooters actually hit the street you know and the concept is great they even we talked about the low income uh option they have for people that that need transportation and i thought that was fantastic but you can't just have all these scooters clogging up the street you can't have people zooming down the road 30 miles an hour i'm sure they don't go 30 but you know, whatever speed, no helmet, and crashing into people. and Like, that's a little crazy when you really think about it from that perspective. So, those will be gone for a while. Maybe they'll be back. Maybe they won't. Who knows? The bikes are still out. You know, you can ride a bike. It's just as good, except that, you know, you got to use some, some foot power there, uh, which is probably good for you. It is. I could use more bike riding myself. Just looking in the mirror today. Wasn't looking too good. So it happens when you have a toddler and you don't have time to like actually work out and there's freaking heat waves in Los Angeles and you drink beer. Like myself. <laughs> and I just enjoy eating. I just enjoy I try to eat well, but I enjoy eating too much. When I was younger, I had this metabolism and I could just eat it all, but that that goes away. And you can't eat all the things anymore. Man, so disappointing. Uh more news from tech. Movement watches. MVMT. Have you heard of these guys? They're all over social media. It's two guys that created this company, MVMT, and it's watches. I believe it's mainly men's watches, but they could, I don't know. It's just, they seem to cater to men, uh, and and their whole, here's the thing. Let's let's unpack this for a sec. Uh, well, top, top story here is MVMT was actually sold to the Movado Group. Just this week for $100 million. Movado purchased the company for $100 million. They now own MVMT, Movement, MVM, whatever they're called, MVMT. But if you're not familiar with this company, uh, this was a small company. started from the ground up. And the two guys that started it, their whole premise, their whole premise is we were sick of expensive watches. And when they say expensive watches, they're referring to, yeah, like Rolex, whatever, but they're referring to, you know, Citizen, and who else do you think they're referring to, Wall fans? Movado? Yeah, probably referring to that little Movado. And the other thing is, Movado actually has a slightly more inexpensive, a slightly more inexpensive uh, brand just under them. So now I guess MVMT is going to be that next less expensive brand. I, I don't even know what, what's going to happen here. But I found it amusing because their whole premise was we need to be cheaper than all of these other watch brands. And I've never actually looked at their site, but I've seen commercials on the television. And they show price points as they're scrolling through on their commercials. And they're still $150 to $200 watches. So, yeah, that's cheaper than buying a Rolex or a Movado, you know, one of those. That is cheaper. I get it. It's cheaper. But they, their whole premise and their whole ad campaign is we were so sick of expensive watches. And every time I see this commercial come on, I just want to reach to the TV and be like, you don't have to buy a Movado. Have you heard of this brand called Fossil? Because Fossils are cheaper than your watches. And I just, I, I, I don't want to go completely out on a limb, but I'm going to guess Fossil watches, probably a little higher quality than this little startup company that they got together. And cheaper. Cheaper. So, MVMT, good luck to you. No interest from my side whatsoever. I also tend to wear my smartwatch quite a bit more than I do other things anyway. Uh, but just uh, no interest from me. And apparently those two guys made, you know, $100 million 
off of it. I'm sure they've made more money than that, but they sold the company for $100 million. That's a nice little chunk of change. And I'm sure the both of them went out and bought a Rolex. <laughs> right? That's what you do. You go out and buy a nice watch and a nice car. I wouldn't buy any of it. Like I said, I predominantly wear my smartwatch. I, ha I have a, I don't want to say extensive watch collection, but I have some nice watches. And for the most part, I wear, unless I'm going to like a wedding or something, I tend to wear my smartwatch. Uh, most places I go just because I'm like, oh, I got all my stuff right here. Technology. It's amazing. It just makes makes everything obsolete. Who would have thought telling time would be obsolete? You know, everybody's got to tell time. Nope. 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 We're going to go ahead and get in on that industry as well, which they did. All right. I want to talk a little bit about uh, something going around right now called YouTube burnout. That's right. YouTube burnout is a trending thing right now because we have a bunch of teenagers with YouTube channels that shot to stardom stardom by getting millions of views on YouTube. And now what's happening is a lot of these stars can't handle it and they're burning out and they're going and they're doing these confessing videos. I'm so burned out. I can't handle the pressure of my YouTube channel anymore. Can't handle the pressure. It's just too much work to try to put together a video on a weekly basis. And I love the numbers they were throwing out. They'd be like, I have to put out a video every two weeks. And it's about 30 hours of work that goes into a video. Every two weeks, 30 hours of work to get paid quite a bit of money. Well, YouTube stars that are burning out. And I am now in no way referring to anyone that is actually suffering from a mental illness. That's a completely different situation. What I'm talking about is... These kids that got a little too big for their britches, as your parents would say. <laughs> Deep cut, big for their britches. Couldn't handle the pressure. And the pressure of 30 hours of work over a two-week period. You know what the average work week is, kids? And this is the average standard work week in the United States of America is 40 hours a week. If you're working any kind of job that is subjective, Especially in media, trust me, I never worked 40-hour weeks unless I was on vacation. You know, then it was less than 40. But never never a full week and 40 hours. Just, it didn't happen. You're talking 50, 60 hours for those that are people that are putting in a lot of work. And in fact, the people that are creating content for television and radio and really even studios, like bigger studios that are creating content for these social platforms, their employees are putting in that amount of work. So I don't want to hear it from, I don't want to hear complaints from these kids that are making six figures, I'm not even kidding, they're making six figures for working less than the guy down the street that's go to go, that has to go to McDonald's and work 10 hours a day. I, I don't have any sympathy for you. I don't. It's simply not there. And especially when you're making six figures. Think about that. If you're making six figures and you got to put out a video every two weeks, one video every two weeks, and 30, let's even, let's even up it to 40 hours. You got to spend 40 hours on one video, 40 hours every two weeks. That's yourself. But you're making six figures. All you got to do is hire an editor, hire a camera person. Suddenly you're doing 20 hours of work over two weeks. And maybe you're not quite making six figures. You're still making a goddamn good living. So I don't want to hear this, this YouTube burnout shit anymore. I don't want to hear it. You know, it's one thing if you have anxiety issues or whatever that might be. But just because you can't live up to your to your stardom... I can't put out content. And a lot of it has to do with the YouTube algorithm. You know, and we've all become slaves to these algorithms. That's why the live feed is moving to YouTube because the Facebook algorithm is terrible. 
But the YouTube algorithm is terrible as well. And if your entire well-being, and I'm not even talking about your way of life, like your professional life. I'm talking about your well-being. If that depends on an algorithm, you need to rethink what you're doing with your life. Period. Because I don't care. Like, personally, I don't care. And I care about everything. I obsess about everything. I don't care about that. Algorithm my ass, whatever. I put it out there. You enjoy it. You check it out. I just enjoy spreading the common sense. I enjoy yelling at a wall every week. And in the end, it's me sharing what I think is important with anyone who wants to listen. And it's also just exemplifying the fact that I can do this. I can sit here and talk for an hour plus about BS, about nothing, yelling at a wall, talking to a wall. Uh, This story, though, this one got me. This one got me. Apparently, there's a YouTube channel called Cole and Sav. Cole and Sav. I made the mistake of clicking on that YouTube channel today. Oh, my. Oh, my. They put out a video recently filming themselves. uh, Now, they live in the Orange County area. We have a very large fire going on down there still right now. They're they're getting pretty good on the containment, uh, but still going on right now. They filmed themselves, the two of them, they are a married couple, and their five-year-old daughter, uh, the, the wife, Sav, I assume it's short for something, Sav, Savannah maybe, uh, yeah, it is Savannah, wow, independent thinking, wall fans, uh, so the two of them, Savannah is pregnant as well, filmed themselves evacuating from their home and saying they are running from fire, and in fact, the, the coal guy turns to his five-year-old and says it's going to be okay, and then turns to the camera and says she's terrified of fire. Whole thing with actual pulled clips from news stories about how they're evacuating. Well, some people did some investigating and found out the fires weren't anywhere near their house. Nowhere near their house. Like I said, I I made the mistake of going on to the channel and looking at it, uh, and they are actually on Inside Edition and and whatnot and, and everything else. And people were like, no, no, it's, they were just being safe and evacuating. Here's the bottom line. Sure. Evacuate when you feel you should evacuate. It's two-pronged here. So they evacuated, and they took a little vacation up to San Francisco. How concerned are you about your home and your neighbor's homes when you're driving six to eight hours away up to the, the Bay Area, to San Francisco? The more important thing to remember here is that's fine. You want to evacuate your home because you feel it's going to be safer to do so. Go ahead and do that. Don't make it seem like the fire is bearing down on your house. And in fact, don't even shoot a stupid little video trying to get views and clicks and all this other stuff and exploiting your five-year-old, making her terrified because you're evacuating from a fire that's not even near your home. I take this one extremely personal, wall fans and common sensors. If you remember correctly, my parents actually did lose their home in the Cedar Fire in San Diego in 2003. I take personal offense to people making money off of wildfires here. These people are making money off of wildfires, exploiting their five-year-old and making money to get views, creating videos to get views. And then there's a bunch of assholes on there defending them for doing it. Like I said, that's fine. Evacuate your home. Do whatever the hell you want. You don't need to put out videos and be insulting to people that are actually in danger of the wildfires. It's extremely insulting. And honestly, I hope Cole and Sav lose their channel. 
To begin with, they were already exploiting their five-year-old, and it's disgusting. Trust me, I have an incredibly cute toddler. If I brought her in here on every single live feed or shot a bunch of videos with her, the views would shoot up. And yeah, I, I, I post pictures of her. She was on the Star Spangled episode for a few minutes, as were Chris and Bridget's kids, and as were a uh, fan of the show Doug's son was here. That's a little different. It's not exploiting them. I will never exploit my daughter for views and clicks. And some people just think differently. So Cole and Sav, do better, have some class, and don't be insulting to people that are actually in danger from the wildfires or have lost property from wildfires in the past. Let's move on to some common sense. My common, the common sense section is just kind of all over the place uh, this week. I was just trying to pack some stuff in there. Uh, for those of you that are Vans fans, Vans fans, ooh, Vans fans, say that five times fast, Vans fans. Nah, it's not that hard. Vans fans uh, or and or Disney fans. Vans has announced a new collaboration that's coming out very, very soon. And, of course, this is a Disney collaboration. For those of you that are not huge Disney fans and or are not aware, Mickey's turning 90. 90. Mickey will be 90 on November 18th of this year. If you don't know the background on that, Steamboat Willie was released on November 18th, 1928. So Mickey's birthday is always known as November 18th. More importantly, the great David Ortiz, or Big Poppy, his birthday is November 18th. And most importantly of all of them, and the reason that I know Mickey's birthday is November 18th, the one and only Sean O'Rourke's birthday is November 18th. <laughs> Go ahead and send me, keep the birthday present, you know, November, start sending the birthday presents. Uh, but they did this little collaboration, their, their Disney shoes, mostly Mickey. Uh, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a huge Vans fan. I've literally shown off new special edition vans on the show uh, but I'm not a Disney fan so I won't be getting these but I definitely see the appeal there's a lot of like classic Mickey in there so if you're a Vans fan Disney fan check them out they're coming out soon I don't know if that's the thing is the I keep seeing these articles and stuff I would imagine if they're smart they're going to release them in November especially with Vans release schedule uh, because if, if it's soon and Vans just came off of Marvel they've still got the Marvel shoes out there and the fall releases uh, should be dropping soon. They they drop. They they have new colorways and stuff releases throughout the year. But if you you know if you're not, if you're not familiar with Vans, uh, they have a fall and spring release with all new colors. So you'll usually see like six to ten new colors coming out. So I would imagine that they would do this in November. But we'll see. We'll follow it. I'll update anyone that wants to have their nice little Mickey Vans. Uh, I just don't want. Although I am waiting for the Muppets Vans. It's not so much because I hate Disney, because Disney will make money off of my Muppets Vans. Uh, my Muppets Vans. The Muppets Vans when they come out. And I have told my wife, I think I maybe even said it, have said it on the podcast. When they do finally make Muppets Vans, that will be the day that I walk into the van store and drop $500 plus as I buy every single different pair of Muppet Vans for myself. It's just going to happen. I've already warned my wife about it. I don't even know if these are ever coming out, but I warned my wife. I said, no, <laughs> sorry, honey. Going to be dropping a few hundred dollars at the van store the day that the Muppets shoes come out. Uh, all right. We had some news out of Portugal. Ooh, there's a museum in Portugal. Uh, I'm not even seeing the exact name of the museum, but there's a museum in Portugal, and they had an art exhibit, and it was called Descent into Limbo. And what it was was essentially just a black hole on the ground, and it was an actual eight-foot 
deep hole, all blacked out so that you couldn't see like how deep it was or anything. Didn't have a lot of dimension to it. It was all blacked out. And people were going by and constantly wondering, like, is this just painted on there? Is it actually a hole or is it just painted on there? And, of course, there were warning signs all around it. Do not go near the hole. There's a giant hole in the ground. Please don't go near it. Well, there's an Italian man that was visiting the, not that it's important, it just was in the article, he's Italian, uh, was visiting the museum and decided that he needed to inspect whether it was actually a hole or just painted on the ground. Well, he quickly learned that it was actually a hole. In fact, it was an eight-foot deep hole, as I mentioned, and he fell into it, injuring himself and having to go to the hospital. That museum in Portugal, unfortunately, had to close the exhibit, but after doing some investigating, realized they're probably going to reopen it and just hope that no idiots walk past the warning signs and decide to test whether it's actually a hole in the ground or not. Just enjoy the art, people. Enjoy the art. Don't participate with the art. Uh, unless you're heading out to Burning Man right now, then please climb everything possible for me. Climb it all. Every single piece. Unless it says do not climb. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to get a couple of those. Climb the rest of them. Everything's climbable unless it says otherwise. But at museums, it's not. Not climbable. Although I have been to the Noah's Ark exhibit at the Skirball, and that is climbable. It's pretty clearly climbable, though. It's not a big hole in the ground where, you know, let me check this out. Whoa! Dude. Common sense, common sense, common sense. Speaking of common sense, the fire challenge is apparently a thing. Have you guys heard about this one? Fire challenge. I'd seen this floating around at times, uh, and I think, I think I'd even seen a video, and I was like, what is this? But the fire challenge is a thing where you are supposed to douse yourself, you know, pour rubbing alcohol or something else flammable on yourself, and then you light yourself on fire. And that is the entirety of the fire challenge. Lighting yourself on fire doesn't seem like much of a challenge. It's not that hard. In fact, if we really wanted, like, I could do, uh, fire, huh? Would that get me clicks? Just like colon sav? No. No. Why would you light yourself on fire? I, it blows my mind. This is even worse than people getting out of moving cars. I could see where you could have a moving car and you're like, well, it's going so slow. You're lighting yourself on fire. It's fire. It hurts. It's hot. It burns. We got a story of a 12-year-old girl who is now dealing with burns over 50% of her body because she decided she needed to participate in the fire challenge. Common sense says you don't light yourself on fire. Regardless, Chris and Bridget, I don't want to, like, yes, I know. They spin fire, much like my wife. They all spin the fire. That's different. If you're a stuntman, yes, light yourself on fire. You're being paid a lot of money to do it. If you're a 12-year-old, don't let yourself on fire regardless of challenges or filming it or anything else. Stupidity. Is it worth the clicks? You got burns on 50% of your body now. Was that worth it? Was it worth it? It's just like the girl who, who shot her boyfriend when she was pregnant. Shot him. Killed him. Worth it? For some clicks? Nope. Sure as hell isn't. I can do the same thing. I, I guarantee I could do a live stream, douse myself in gasoline, and I'd get so many clicks. Worth it? No. No. Come on. Common sense. Uh, and I'm hoping that all these videos get removed because I don't know if there's any floating around on social platforms or YouTube or any of that kind of stuff, but I'm hoping they all get removed. Uh, we got another story out of Indianapolis. And this one came, It's it's been talked about recently, but the Archbishop of the Diocese of Indianapolis, if you don't understand that, my apologies, the Catholic Church is divided up into what they call dioceses. And a bishop oversees every diocese around the entire world. 
and they tend to be big cities or areas. Uh, there's an, there's a diocese of San Diego, there's a diocese of Orange County, there's a diocese of Los Angeles, and same like Chicago and everything else. I'm just going through what I grew up with. Yeah, it's what I grew up with. This bullshit. There's a school out there, Catholic school, and there's a woman who'd been teaching there for 15 years. You might have heard about this one, and they found out she was married to a woman, so they suspended her, and now they're looking to fire her. And the archbishop came out and said. This is the belief of the Catholic Church that marriage is between, and this is not direct quote, but marriage is between a man and a woman, and she knew that going into it. There's been a huge uproar from all the students, many of the students, not all of them, who want her back because she was making a positive impact on many lives for 15 years. She's been married to her wife for 22 years, or with her wife for 22 years. I don't think she could be married for 22 years. We haven't had same-sex marriage that long, unfortunately. Ridiculously, we haven't had same-sex marriage that long. Uh, partly because of the bigoted Catholic Church. Just throwing it out there. Bigoted Catholic Church who they don't like same-sex couples or homosexuals or uh, anything like that. They just don't. So I'm hoping that this comes to a better end here because common sense should pre prevail. I've always said it on this podcast. Who do you care who someone sleeps with? Who do you care? Why do you care? Why does it matter? If she's doing a good job at the, at the school and making a positive impact on the lives of children, what do you care? What do you care? And apparently for 15 years, she didn't make a big deal about the fact that she had a wife. It came up at one point, and now it's a big thing. Why is it a big thing? Because the Catholic Church is small-minded. And I'm going to share this with everyone out there right now. I'm the product of 13 years of Catholic education. 13 years of Catholic education. Kindergarten through senior year of high school. And I actually really enjoyed my education. But I also went to very... A very liberal high school. Augustinian, very liberal high school. Uh, and I can tell you that I had more than one, more than two teachers, more than two teachers throughout my 13-year career uh, that were homosexual. I did. And I was fortunate enough that they were not removed from school. Uh, now, I, I take that back in elementary school. One of them, suddenly we did have a new PE teacher the next year, and that could have been a situation. Uh, however, uh, when I, I had a specific high school teacher who was homosexual and had a very positive impact on my life, had a very positive impact on many other students' lives at the high school. And that was obviously not a big issue. Now, was he walking around where, you know, no. But we need to get past this. And this is why I'm done with the Catholic Church. Because here's the thing. Here's the most important thing to remember with the Catholic Church. This woman has, has a partner of 22 years, now wife, was teaching at school for 15 years. And they want to get rid of her because she's had a same-sex partner for 22 years. 22 years. However, the Catholic Church covers up for priests who like to molest children. Bottom line. Give me a fucking break, Catholic Church. I'm done with you. I, I have no respect for the Catholic Church whatsoever. Zero respect for the Catholic Church. I, I even, even with all the whole Prop 8 stuff in California, I've lost a lot of respect. But I was like, you know what? I, it's zero respect now. Zero respect. Bottom line. I don't care. I don't care. And if you are Catholic and you think that's okay, uh, you need to rethink your life and you need to rethink why you hate people for no reason. Uh, and if you are Catholic and you think that's wrong, what's happening there, you think it's wrong to, to persecute same-sex couples, uh, then you need to speak up in your church because that's the only way any of that's going to change. Because as compassionate and as, as, as cool as the Pope is right now, he's not going to change it. He's just not going to change it. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about. There is another... Oh, cannabis craft beer. This one, it's, they're calling it the first official, but uh, Lagunitas, like, has one. 
In fact, I, I was in my collective recently, and they had it right there. Uh, there is another one, though. It's called uh, Two Roots Brewing Company. See? Brewery. Brewing. Brewing Company. Brewing Empire. Just, they're all brewers. It's breweries. Anyway, Two Roots Brewing Company has come out with a, uh, a cannabis craft beer. And then, in fact, they also have a, cold, a cannabis cold brew and a cannabis-flavored tea. Two Roots, if you live in one of the fantastic states in this country that has legalized marijuana, you should be able to get your hands on one of these, especially if you're in the great state of California. That's right, great state of California. So maybe we'll try this one out. We'll see. If, if Bridget allows, we'll use this one for one of the podcasts as well. All right, wall fans, common sensors, we are over time. Even skipped a couple stories this week. Oh, man. I feel like we were all over the place. I know I said that before, but I feel like we were, and I think it's okay. Sometimes we're all over the place. We get a little tangented. We're kind of off the rails. We didn't get too ranty, except the Catholic Church and their bigoted ways. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> you got you to gotta call a spade a spade. You know, a little, little deep cut saying. Probably your parents were, were telling you that one. Call a spade a spade. Uh, and that's what we do here at Go Tell It's the Wall Podcast, using common sense, calling out haters, calling out bigots, calling out uh, hypocrites. That's what we do. So thanks for joining in, Wall fans, common sensors. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell us the wall. Of course, you can also follow us on Twitter at tell the wall pod and at magic muppet. Don't forget to subscribe to YouTube. Head on over to YouTube, search go tell us the wall. Give us a subscribe. Check out our videos up there as well. And of course, Sean O'Rourke live.com will take you to all of those things that I just mentioned, as well as some other content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Anywhere else. If you do find it somewhere else, they are stealing it from SeanOroarkLive.com, most likely. Uh, as I said, this has been episode 68 of Go Tell It's the Wall podcast. Thank you for joining. I appreciate everyone out there that takes the time to listen, subscribe, share, tell your friends how great it is, tell your friends how bad it is. Love to all of you, uh, and especially those of you heading out to the burn this weekend. One thing I will say, and I meant to mention it earlier, if you are heading out to the burn this weekend... Do not live stream and post photos from the burn. Go enjoy Burning Man. It's not a social media meetup. Wait until, if you want, need to take photos, wait until after the burn. Uh, but good luck out there to all you dirty hippies heading out to the playa. Uh, as Of course, this was episode 68 of Go Tell It's the Wall podcast. I am your favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. We will be back next week. Same wall time, same wall place with episode 69. And remember, wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers, social media world, no matter what you do, no matter where you are, no matter who you're with, and especially no matter why you are doing it, always, always use common sense.